Welcome, 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 guys, to another episode of Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with my future Bulls beat writer, Hall of Famer, and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. Trey, how are you doing today, man? You doing well? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing just fine, man. And we are super excited, Trey and myself, to be joined this weekend by none other than Patrick Lounsbury. Patrick, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Um, I definitely think it could be doing a lot better being a, a Celtic guy, <laughs> but uh, you know, I can't, I can't complain. Yeah, Patrick is a uh, he's the host of our Hoopball Celtics podcast, obviously, and uh, you can follow them at, at Hoopball Celtics at, at Hoopball Celtics on Twitter. Uh, dropping those pods, man, pretty regularly. I love it, man. But yeah, tell me a little bit about what uh, you know. Tell me your whole story, man. Tell me what you've been doing this season. What you got in the you know got in the oven for this season. How you got into basketball? Why are you a Celtics fan? Where are you located? Tell me all the good stuff, man. Yeah, man. So I, I grew up um, a Celtics fan because I, I worked at a boys and girls club at a very young age. My, you know, director of operations at the boys and girls club was a huge Boston Celtic guy. Grew up watching, you know, some of the Celtics games before uh, they ended up getting the Big Three. Big Three came around. They got popular. Being a young kid, you know, you gravitate to something like that. Just a overall good feeling from from the Celtics. Uh, that's the only sports team that's from Boston that I do represent. I am a big Niners guy. I'm a big um, Angels guy, Duck. So those are just some things that I am a, a big fan of now. But the Celtics really have just taken home with me. I'm a huge sports guy. Love watching Celtics basketball. And overall, this this year, we got a lot of stuff going on. I've had a lot of guests on my show. I also am doing it with the co-host this season. Last season, I did it solo. This season, okay. I'm doing it with Lucas Gaynor, who is my co-host now, which is pretty yeah. awesome. So it's it's nice to not be uh, rolling solo on, on a podcast anymore. Yeah, no kidding, man. I, I, I hear you on that one. I've had to do some solo DFS podcasts, and it is not fun. And I apologize, guys. That's my, that's my phone going crazy in the background here. I've got this soundboard up. And it continues to give me problems. I think I'm going to find a new soundboard. Guys, if you're listening and you have a good soundboard out there, leave it in the comments. Let us know. Uh, because this one's a free one. It's a piece of crap. It constantly had ads going. But, man, hey, welcome for welcome to BSBP. On BSBP, man, everybody gets 100 creds to start the season. So, Patrick, ding, 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 ding. Here's your coins. Uh, don't have my soundboard up, obviously. But uh, there you go, man. Come play our game. when we have you. I, I am a living soundboard. It's all good, man. Uh, so come play our game, man. We're going to replace wagers on NBA game outcomes, player props, futures, and much, much more. Don't forget that you have one air horn here to call BS uh, each and every show. So if you think that one of us says something completely outlandish, Patrick, just uh, you know, tell me or tell Pat, tell uh, Trey, and we are going to go ahead and hit that air horn for you so you can call BS on us. And uh, it's going to sound a little bit like this. Oh, no, it's not. It's going to sound a little bit like technical difficulties I get today, guys. Sorry. A little bit like that. That's what it's going to sound like. So that one works. I was really excited. I thought you were going to do the sound yourself. So I got really hyped. I can I can do it. Like I said, I'm a living. What's that guy's name on Police Academy? I can't remember that that character's name. Did all the sound effects with his mouth. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what we got going on, guys. We're, at, uh, we're not doing so hot so far this season, uh, credit ratings-wise. Uh, myself, I'm at a 95.4, and Trey is now at a 96.1. Big reason for that is because our last show, I actually had a four-pack, four plays that all missed. Let me go ahead and run through those real quick. Uh, Hawks minus 1.5. Oh, man, I like the Hawks on the back-to-back against the Wizards. I thought the Hawks were a deeper team than the Wizards, uh, just generally a better team. But I'm going to have to fade the Hawks for now. Uh, they're just not playing very well. Uh, just really uh, poor effort. Uh, not taking care of the basketball. A lot of turnovers in that game, so... 
Uh, missed that one, unfortunately. The, they didn't come anywhere close to winning that one. Uh, I had Utah-Houston over 222.5. Houston actually shot under 30% in the first half, which is bad even by their standards, guys. Um, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, that that included Jalen Green going like one for eight or something in the first half. So uh, I had his over on his points, rebounds, and assists at 21.5. I still think that if we see a line like that at a plus odds, it's a, still a good bet because, you know, like he's not going to shoot that poorly every single game. Uh, he's just got so much opportunity there in Houston. I think, you know, I, I like any lines that, that kind of touch that right there. And then uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to save this last one for you, Trey. Why don't you walk me through your two uh, plays? Because I was actually riding one of your plays, kind of riding it. I, I saw it too, and I wanted to play it anyway. So go ahead. Uh, I had the Hawks money line and the Jazz money line. The Jazz took care of business, but like you said, the Hawks continued to let us down. This was the second parlay, money line parlay they've cost me as heavy favorites. So that was disappointing. But nothing was as disappointing as watching Patrick Williams leave the game and be out for the season. We'll discuss that a little bit more later. But he was just getting warmed up in the game. He'd he'd taken at least one three-pointer that was wide open, and he was starting to get into a rhythm. And then he gets fouled on that dunk attempt, and his season's over. We had the over one-and-a-half three-pointers made in the game. We thought he was going to have a lot of opportunity. It did look like it was trending that direction, and it was going to be a good call. And then it wasn't. So, well, no, you look, hey, it was the right call. I'm going to make that bet. Every, and here's here's a little gambling, you know, betters one on one for you guys out there. If you're listening. And that uh, that one was the plus 500 odds. Plus 500. Yes. Plus 505. I'm playing that every single time. And here's why it has. He's already hit it once this season. He hit it, uh, I think, in 13 games or something last season. Uh, the way the Knicks play defense, we saw it. I watched that game closely. Obviously, you did too. We can talk a little bit about that as well, but because uh, that was a big game uh, last night. But um, you know, the Knicks, what they do is they show two guys to the other team's best players. So Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, they were getting yeah, a guy showing pretty much at all times. Patrick Williams was getting the pass pretty much wide open at the three-point line. He just was hesitant to shoot or just. Uh, I don't know what the issue was. He only put up one three-pointer, I think, in that first half. And then, obviously, he had the injury and he was out for the rest of the game. So, uh, you know, some some bets that you miss are good bets, guys. It's just it's just what happens. Even the best cappers hit 55% at best. Um, you know, I say, say it a million times. So uh, you're going to miss a lot of bets. But uh, I'll, I'll take that bet every single time. But, hey, speaking of Patrick's, Mr. Patrick uh, Lounsbury, who's with us, did you get a chance to look at some of our wagers on our wager tracking sheet before you hopped on here? Um, I, I wasn't able to look at a bunch of them, um, but uh, I, I was able to look at some like wagers and stuff as far as the future comes. So I wasn't able to look at some of those because I was uh, caught up in some other work stuff for my other job. Hey, no worries, man. Not, not a problem at all. You said you get some future stuff, though. What do you like, man? Um, yeah, um, I got some games that I looked at as far as tomorrow goes uh, okay. off of the, the pregame uh yeah, we'll, as well. we'll save those for tomorrow. Do you have any, like, uh, you know, defensive player of the years or anything like that going on? Or no? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually put a pinned tweet on my Twitter of a bunch of rewards. I can actually put okay. my tweet here uh, for us. I do know a couple on him why I am looking it up. Um, but a, a rookie of the year pick that I picked before the season started, uh, I had um, Evan Mobley, which I'm sure the line has definitely moved uh, closer to Evan Mobley. You know, you're probably not going to get a better odds on him now. It's probably increasing uh, as the season progresses. But because, I mean, he's he's been great. He's been everything that the, the Cavs have wanted and more. I think a lot of people were expecting him to be as good um, early on. And then another guy who probably had, you know, uh, one of the favorites as far as MVPs go for the season, I had Steph Curry. Steph Curry was a guy that um, I was huge on, a guy who I thought – 
could have won the MVP last year, but I do understand why he wasn't um, in the finalists of, of being the MVP. But I think this year, I believe the the Warriors are going to fall into one or th- one through four seed in the West, which I think is going to be heavy due to Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry is shooting 42% to start the year, and he's tied for the league in um, points per game behind John Morant, who's shooting 10% better from the field. Um, yeah. And also John Morant's shooting 50% from deep, and guess That's what Steph's shooting from deep? 38. <laughs> and yeah. Steph's shooting 38. You know, like, so I'm thinking, yeah. well, You'll see those percentages are going to go up. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and he's going to jump jaw. I don't think jaw is going to be the number one scorer in the league this year. I do think Steph Curry is going to be the guy, points per game. It's going to bring home the scoring title. I think he's also going to be in the running for a favor as MVP. Um, maybe maybe um, I was a little too high on the Celtics. Uh, I did have Dennis Roder as the sixth man. He might end up being a starter this year. And then as well, um, I have uh, Anthony Davis having a comeback year to be defensive player of the year. Weird to have a, a Laker in that list as a Celtics fan. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't <laughs> care to be biased when I look at other teams. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, there's a lot of chatter out there about Anthony Davis getting, being a defensive player of the year. Hey, do you have um, lines for those that you grabbed? Uh, you said it's, it's pinned to your Twitter. Is there a, is there odds on those as well? The the odds I didn't put on there because I okay. don't remember at the time when I pulled them up, but I do believe that the I think Steph Curry was like a 1200. Okay. Plus 1200 or something like that uh, for MVP odds, and that's what something I wanted to ride. No worries. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, we'll figure that after we get off this call here. But uh, no, it, it's awesome. man. I think Evan Mobley is a great call. Um, yeah, I don't that, think we even. Yeah, go ahead. Trey. Oh, I was going to say, what was your favorite, Keith, of those picks? Because uh, Evan Mobley for rookie of the year. I think that one was my yeah. favorite. He's just he's been so impressive this season. Yeah. And the Cavs have really they've really put him in a position to show off his talents and to succeed. I've really been impressed with what Bickerstaff's been able to do with that team and just be, because coaching is so much putting your guys in a position to succeed, and they've done that so well with that unit. I got a little fooled, I feel like, with Evan Mobley because they had, um, you know, Evan Mobley and they had um, Jer- <laughs> Jared Allen, and then they added Laurie Markkinen, and I was just kind of confused, like, hey, if you're actually sold on, on Evan Mobley, why are you, why are you adding Laurie Markkinen? But now they're playing Laurie at the at the three. Uh, it's actually working for him. I know I've ripped into them a few times on the show. I uh, didn't think it was going to work, but uh, hey, man, the three seven-footers on the, on the floor at one time, uh, you know, I, I guess it's working for him. Evan Mobley is just a beast on the defensive end from what I've seen from, you know, I haven't watched many Cavs games, but I've seen some highlights. So uh, I love that call. Uh, I don't think we even talked about Steph Curry in the MVP conversation, but he definitely has to be one of the favorites, I mean, in the early going here. So uh, that could pan out. Um, yeah, the defensive play of the year. I don't know what the odds were on Anthony Davis, but I know that you and I, Trey, were both high on uh, on Clint Capella at plus 4,000. We love those odds for a guy that is really the defensive anchor, anchor for the uh, Hawks. The slow start to the season has me a little concerned about that. I did actually place a bet in real life on that one. I know on the show I kind of uh, stayed away from it because I had too many futures out already, but uh, I did just put it, you know, a little unit on there just to see. I think it paid out, uh, yeah, plus 4,000, so uh, 40 times, you know, plenty of money if, if I hit that. Right. So, uh, you know, if I if I knew what uh, Robert Williams was going to be playing as many minutes as he had, I may have just threw just a fun little $25 on him winning defensive play to year because, I mean, he leads the league in blocks already, and he leads the team on perimeter defended uh, shots oh, yeah. so far, and it's not even close. He has 29 on the year. The next closest on the team is 13 for Marcus Smart. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good call too, man. So uh, yeah, hindsight's, you know, 2020. So uh, we, we all wish we could take it back, but no, it's all good. Those are good bets, man. 
And hey, guys, we get all of our uh, bets from any sports pick that's out there, except bets from all of the sports picks on this show. Uh, we're going to be using some different sports books here today. But as long as we can find it online, it is available for us to place a wager. We accept it. However, Trey, I found there's only one sports book out there that it seems everyone can access. You know what it is? Trey! Oh, you're, you're incorporating me this <laughs> I'm time. I'm incorporating you in this anime. Oh, oh well, it's football. It's football. No, it's my bookie. Oh my gosh, he dropped the ball, ladies and gentlemen. You're never allowed to be part of my ad reads ever again. That's right, Trey. It is my bookie. If you sign up and enter the promo code Hoopball, it's H O O P B A L L. You get your first deposit matched halfway up to your first thousand dollars. So that means if you put in a thousand dollars, guys, you get an extra five hundred. But Trey doesn't because he's going to give it to you because uh, you know he failed that ad read so hard. Uh, but no, we. You see, I, I take my <laughs> editing notes when you do your ad reads. So, so we had, I had a but um in there uh, that I was geez. that I was writing down to to take uh, out of there. So now I'm just gonna have to take a whole bunch of. Yeah, stuff now you're out. just gonna have to take the whole ad read out. Now we don't get to have my bookie as a, as an uh, advertiser. No, it's okay. But hey, we have Patrick on, so let's go ahead and talk Boston Celtics, man. Uh, I mean, disappointing season so far, right, Patrick? What what have you been to your general thoughts um, on the Celtics so far this season? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I would say it's been disappointing, but, like, it's almost like an expected thing with the Boston Celtics going into the season. You got to, like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, there's plenty of teams that have a new coach. Yeah, but this team also has a new GM. They also have new pieces coming in, um, and they're they're trying to break old habits right now. And a lot of things that we're seeing from the Boston Celtics right now is uh, effort. Effort's been a huge thing. Ime ripped a, a lot of the players in the last game in the media. And people were like, oh, no, like, is, is it imploding there? But people don't realize is that that's what the team asked for, right? They wanted accountability. They wanted a coach to push them and be harder on them. You know, something that Brad Stevens wasn't known for, especially with the media and stuff like that. But Jalen Brown came out today and, and, and said that he had talked with Ime. Ime had talked with Jason Tatum about the situation. They were agreeing with them. Yeah, they didn't play well. He actually called it uh, pregame before uh, the last game against the Wizard. He says, if you guys, you know, are going to be focused like this, you're going to get your asses beat tonight. He literally said that to the team before <laughs> the Wizards game started. What do you know? They go out there. They get their asses beat by the Wizards. And, you know, Emei's just seeing things in 2020's uh, vision right there. And and one thing I wanted to, to hit on as far as Emei's is that I feel like a lot of people are panicking. He's, he's five years or five five games into his first coaching job, head coaching job. I tell a lot of people, I go, you start a job, your first five days, are you perfect? No, you're going to make, there's growing pains. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn from them, right? It's the same thing I ask for people to be patient with Ime as far as the fan base goes and understand that like the Celtic team, we may not know who they really are for 20 to 25 games into the season before things start turning around because old habits don't just go away in five games. It takes some time. Well, yeah. it, it wasn't just email either. Was it? I thought I'm pretty sure I saw that Schroeder and Horford both also said something kind of in the similar vein of we, we need to, we need to do better. Yeah. Horford was extremely disappointed after that wizards game. And, and you could tell that his body language was, he was not happy with what the team, because he knows what, what this team is capable of. And at the end of the day, it starts with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has also said that as far as effort and everything goes, that he takes full accountability for that. He hasn't been as strong on that. You, you can look at plays throughout the games where it's like they get their head down and, and give up a free fast break. That's not Celtics basketball. That's not something that they do. They're struggling with um, the whole switching thing. They do a one through five switch right now. 
Mm. And they can't seem to communicate well enough to rebound well. They're giving up too many offensive rebounds to opposing teams. So they're just in a, they're in a very growing pain type situation. Also came out today that Marcus Smart didn't travel to with the team to Washington for the Wizards game in the second game in like four days against the Washington Wizards due to he having some bowel movements as far as his stomach. Apparently he's had these issues for about a week now. So yeah. I, I don't know if that is the reasoning for the way he started off the season because he's shooting less than 30% from the field yeah. uh, and three-pointer. Just a terrible start from him. And I think if yeah. he just plays a little bit better, this team easily could have been, you know, four and one to start out the season because we had a couple close games already. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a Marcus Smart fan, but uh, we did have a couple of bets here on their over/under for their total wins for the season. Uh, yeah, I was, I was high. Was it 45, 45, was it like 45? Yeah, 45.5. Yeah, 45.5. I took the under, uh, and and the main reason for me was uh, I was actually fading Smart at the point guard position. I just don't know how that's gonna, how didn't know how that was gonna work out. I thought there was gonna be an adjustment for them having him, you know, full-time at the point guard position because he basically split his time at the two guard spots last season uh, and every season before that, I believe. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other thing was that uh, Ime was a new coach and I knew that, I just knew there was going to be an adjustment period at the start here. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I think they'll get it figured out, you know, as we, as the season progresses and by the time the playoffs come around, I don't want to be facing Jason Tatum and, and a healthy Jalen Brown. I hope he's healthy. Uh, I know he's had some lingering effects from the COVID is what, what I read today. Um, and I hope that's, you know, hope that gets ironed out and he's better, but I don't want to face them in the, in the playoffs. You know, it's not something where, uh, where I think that they're going to struggle all season. I just thought they were going to struggle coming out of the gate. It's happened so far. I, I don't know when they're going to get it ironed out, but uh, Trey, you were high on them. What did you, what did you think going into the season? They had so many issues with COVID last season. I thought Brad was really uninspired with his offense last year and with Kimba moving on. I really liked Tatum as a playmaker. I think he I think he's underrated with his passing ability. And I just I really thought that less is more in terms of being able to enable Tatum and Brown as the playmakers around. And it like he said, it, it's it's been mostly effort. It seems like the, the couple games I've caught, the the Celtics are just kind of they're already in that that middle season uh mundane mode type thing. Yeah. And Especially early on when everyone feels like they have a chance, everyone's excited about, you know, the new opportunities. It it just hasn't panned out for the Celtics. And th- I went and looked. It looks like the road trip is it's just a one-game road trip. So Smart not making the road trip, he, if he only misses one game, that's not nearly as concerning. Mm. But it'll be interesting to see. And they play Washington, the team that just beat their ass. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I think this game is going to it's going to tell tell us a lot about the fight they're going to have, say, in the next 10 games. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm skipping a little bit here, but um, you mentioned did some mention something, Patrick. You mentioned that the offensive rebounds against them have been bad. Um, I know Horford, he's been missing games here and there. I mean, he's older. They seem to just be resting him here and there, so it's kind of a headache because I have him in fantasy in a, in a league or two. Um, but you know, how has that looked when when Rob Williams and and Al Horford have been next to each other? Has that really has the spacing been there? Has there been any problems? Are they still figuring that out? So the scrutiny um, to the Celtics last season, as far as people may know, was the double big lineup with Tristan Thompson in there and uh, Robert Williams, and a lot of people didn't like it. Well, the difference between the, the big uh, lineup last season was. Instead of Thompson, it's Horford. Horford can actually space the floor. Horford's been absolutely amazing as far as that. He also yeah. is a guy who can actually 
if you watch some Celtics games this year, you'll notice him grab the rebound and he will he'll march all the way from coast to coast and he'll create, he'll be a playmaker. He has that threat. And that's also something a part of Robert Williams game that a lot of people don't really notice when they don't watch him enough is that Robert Williams is a, is above average passer for a big man. He can really sling a pass. So the, the ability for them both to play off each other on the offense side has been good. The thing with the rebounds isn't necessarily because they're bad at rebounding. It's because they're switching one through five. So like I said earlier, you yeah. know, Robert Williams is getting caught on the perimeter a lot. So as a team collectively, you've got to communicate on who you're boxing out and you've got to do group rebounding. If you don't do group rebounding and you're struggling to find that concept right now, you're going to get out rebounded. Other teams are going to have the opportunity to shoot. Um, and like that Toronto game where they got blown out by 34 points, mm. they were out rebounded um, by like, I think it was 18 rebounds and it was like 12 offensive rebounds that more than the Raptors had. It was absolutely atrocious. Uh, so yeah. something that they just need to clean up. But as far as defensive wise, I think it has a lot of potential. It's you can look at the block numbers for one. I mean, Al Horford's yeah. been insane on the blocking, but even Robert Williams leading the league in blocks. Also a guy who barely could, hit 30 minutes in a game has hit 30 minutes now in in three out of five games so something to be aware of is robert williams is is coming into his own and as long as he stays healthy that might be the contract extension might be one of the best contracts in the nba yeah for sure i was a little bit critical of it because i just i didn't know how that fit was going to work um you know I, I didn't i didn't like them bringing in al horford but it seems to be better than i would have imagined so I, i'm known to be wrong every once in a while so it's all good uh but no let's talk about let's hit on some of these uh guys that you know other people may not know a lot about, you know, some of these fringe guys like Aaron Eesmith and, and Romeo Langford. Uh, you know, it, it, that's one of the, the uh, criticisms I hear a lot about the Celtics is that they have no depth behind, you know, Tatum, behind the starting five, basically. Um, so, you know, who, who are you high on there? Who's not, who's doing well? Uh, I know Peyton Pritchard's there. You know, who, who's, who's disappointing you? What does that bench look like to you? Yeah, it's kind of hard to see who's disappointing us because right now, Ime is playing with the eight to 10 man rotation. Uh, Hayden Pritchard actually had his very first did not play uh-huh. coach's decision. That's yeah. the actual first, first time that's happened in his Celtic career. Yeah. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So, and, and, and do, honestly, is that, do you think that's because I, I was going to ask, I haven't watched every Celtics game yet this year. Is that because fast PP has just kind of been medium speed PP? to start the season and he's just letting people down or is that more uh, Adoka kind of uh, working with his lineups and Peyton Pritchard just didn't happen to catch the floor that game? Right. He hasn't gave, uh, Ime hasn't really given any clarity as far as Peyton Pritchard goes uh, for not getting any playing time like that. He has given us some clarity as to why Aaron Neesmith hasn't been on the floor. And that is due to Aaron Neesmith's play. He needs to slow down. He needs to let the game slow down to him, which, I mean, I agree. If you watch Aaron Neesmith, he's, he's like a ball of energy. He's he's Marcus Smart, but uncontained. You know, like Marcus Smart can be wild at times. That's Neesmith all the time. He just He's just going 140% when it's like, hey, man, we just need you at 100%. We don't need you at 140 all the time. Um, so it's just more of a, a learning curve for them. My, my personal um, – opinion on what's going on with them is i think they're they're second year guys um with a second coach mm-hmm. in their second year and they're learning a new offense and maybe they just haven't picked it up quick enough whatever the scheme that Eme is trying to implement i don't think the young guys have, have figured it out yet um mm-hmm. i do remember watching the summer league and watching some preseason though aaron neesmith and Peyton pritchard have added a lot of stuff to their game so uh, all it takes is for us to see 15 minutes of them and, and get a grasp of what we 
what we can kind of expect out of him moving forward, mm-hmm. but we just haven't got the minutes yet. So we're still waiting on the minutes part. But a guy who's been absolutely shocking for the Celtics is Grant Williams. Grant Williams oh, has yeah. been insane. I don't know. The shooting coach has, has made him super confident. He he talked about his shot this year. Last year, he was felt like he was rushing it a lot, so he's been a lot more patient with and more fluid with his shot. And it's been resulting in in a lot of good things. He's been clutch in a lot of games, hitting corner threes on fast breaks, very consistent shooter. Is he a guy I should pick up in fantasy? Is he doing enough, or do you think uh, you think not? That's a, that's a hold on that. I don't think you're going to find anybody relevant in fantasy outside of, you know, the yeah. starters and Dennis Schroeder right now. I'm pulling up his box score now because I'm kind of interested. I did I did go to Grant Williams a little bit last season in DFS, and he always seemed to let me down. But it seems like this season, yeah, I see an 18 point explosion here, five from seven for three from three. That's uh, that's big. Don't uh, pick him when he, Al Horford's out. That's the time to go in. Yeah, sneak him into a lineup or something, stream him go. or something, because that's when he he kind of performs more. He ends up getting those minutes. Adam T. Watch those fantasy guys. Uh, anytime Horford sits, that's a, that's a good plan. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit about Jason Tatum. Let's talk about that head honcho. That you know he's. Uh, I, I think it was Justin Termini from SiriusXM and NBA Radio. He tweeted out um, something about uh, there was a game where uh, you know they end up losing it, but uh, Jalen Brown was just go- absolutely going off, and Tatum was uh, you know kind of playing a little bit of hero ball. Uh, is this some? I mean, do you really? Do you think he can be – I mean, obviously he is the guy for you guys. He's very talented. He's got enormous ceiling. Um, but is his decision-making something that troubles you sometimes? Is that something you guys talk about a lot? Uh, you know, what, how do you feel about Jason Tatum? Um, as far as Jason Tatum goes, like, I, I think it's – is he's going to be fine at the end of the day. Like, it's Jason Tatum. We don't worry about it. He had that opening night game where he was just – god awful and seven for 30 he, I see. yeah, <laughs> not, yeah not too but if you if you if you literally throw that game out the door and you just count the letter four games he's shooting over 50 percent from the field um some of the things from jason tatum that i've liked is and one of you guys hit on it earlier was was his playmaking it is very underrated it's a, something that doesn't go seen as much and you'll watch in a lot of games where he hits guys who are open a lot of the time and they're just not hitting the shots right now and that's something that is encouraging because he's still finding those people. And when the season goes progressively and people are getting more comfortable in the offense and more confident in shooting in their spots, I think his assist numbers will take a, an increase and his playmaking will be on full display. He's also not for some reason. And I'm, I'm not a big, like I don't attack refs at the end of the day. Like there's been some games yeah. where it's like, I'm like, don't put it yourself in position for a ref to, to control a game at the end of the day. That's my motto. But it has been kind of frustrating at times with Jason Tatum. It, it seems like he's the only guy who's like 6'10", 6'9", that goes to the rim and gets a lot of contact that doesn't seem to get calls. Mm-hmm. It's been getting to him. He has two technicals on the year in five games. So that's been concerning. And Emei's made it very clear he doesn't want guys to cry about calls. He doesn't want yeah. you to whine about calls. And that's something that Jason Tatum is going to have to learn to overcome because he's just not getting the calls for whatever reason right now. I know the league in general is being weird about calls with the whole league change and stuff like that. But that's something to to look forward to. He was in the top 20 in scoring last year, and he was one of the bottom five in the top 20 as far as free throw attempts per game. So him he's able to put put buckets in the in the hoop without without the free throw line so if anything plus on the free throw line this season is going to just increase his his potential i feel like that's a safe coach line it's like you know hey uh you know what he may said there uh but no it's uh, no, I, I agree with you man i think tatum's gonna get this all ironed out he's gonna be a little bit more consistent than he has been but i'm looking at the box score here 
you know, there are three losses. He's got 20 points, 18 points, 23. The two wins, he's got 31 and 41. So it just seems like they depend on him a lot. I, I just, I, man, I know Jalen Brown is his, his second fiddle there, and Jalen Brown's a really a heck of a ball player. Um, but I just, it just feels like he might need a little bit more help there in Boston, man. I just, I don't know. Uh, but you have to be encouraged by his, uh, by Tatum's, uh, you know, performance in the Olympics. Uh, you know, he was really that, that guy off the bench that really led that unit and, um, he looks great, man. So, uh, obviously it's in him. It's just a matter of, uh, can it be consistent? I think so. Um, uh, okay. So I, now here's my question. Um, so coming into the season, I thought Tatum would be like the, the create, you know, a lot of the, do a lot of the creating on offense. And so I went to cleaning the glass to look at where Tatum takes his shots. This year, it, he's shooting less at the rim than he ever has before. 23% of his shots are coming at the rim. Like last year, it was 28%. The year before that, 32, 33. And he's just, he's, shooting the same amount of mid-range he's just shooting more threes so instead of driving to the rim and taking shots he's settling for more outside jumpers do you think if Tatum drove more like if he attacked the rim more often that would open up those passing lanes and that playmaking he could have for others because you mentioned he does do a great job of hitting guys with passes they're just not knocking down the shots do you think and I've also noticed when I watch Tatum he gets frustrated a lot easily so do you think he's settling for too many threes and not attacking the rim enough? Or is that is that just the numbers lying to me? No, I, I think there's it's a mix of both, right? So I think it's what's what Jason Tatum is like he he'll drive three times and two of them he feels like he got fouled, he'll start going out to the three. So it's it's more of like he lets the refs dictate too much of how he's going to play his game instead of him just naturally taking over. He talked about it in the off season. He put on weight. I don't know if people have noticed it, but he has gotten bigger this mm-hmm. season than he was last season. He He's remarkably bigger. He's probably added a, a solid eight to 10 pounds on his mm-hmm. body mass. And uh, he emphasized, he said a lot of people want him to, to drive more. And he acknowledged that he said, I'm going to give the people what they want. You know, we haven't seen a lot of it yet. We understand he's getting frustrated, but I think as he gets more comfortable with this offense moving forward, that's something that is going to increase. As we saw a lot of it last year where first half of the season with Tatum was just like, uh, I don't know, if, you know, when's that jump going to come? Because we expected a jump last year. And then also right. in that second half of the season, he exploded. Yeah. And just was was a monster. Everybody was like, if, if, that, if we get that second half Tatum for a full season, right. that's the MVP candidate. That's yeah. the guy that's pushes the top 10 in the league type of guy. So that's something that we're waiting on. And then it's, it's tough too, because, you know, right now it, you got Jalen Brown who's dealing with coming back with COVID. So even more weight seems to be on Tatum now after yeah. that game one, than there has been. And, and you guys are right. I mean, outside of Tatum and Brown, who's the third scorer on the Celtics? Who's mm-hmm. the guy that you can depend on consistently just for 15 points. You, you can't think of somebody. It, it really is probably going to end up being Dennis Schroeder. I thought it was going to be Time Lord. I thought the Time Lord and Tatum yeah. connection, uh, I, like, I really thought Time Lord was going to be good for like 10 to 15 points every night. That, that's kind of who I thought was going to be that that consistent third wheel. Wait, could, wait you used to think or you still think? I've got my hand on, on this BS call here. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, oh I don't <laughs> think he's going to average 15. Oh, no. all right. But fine, I, think he's that, I think he's that third consistent score that no, I, think, I, yeah. I was expecting. Like Marcus Smart, he's the guy who – 
one night he might go for 25, one night he might go for – but I, I kind of expected Robert Williams to be like just that steady hand as the yeah. third scorer. No, definitely. I think, uh, you know, I think Tatum does need a little bit more help. But, hey, um, you know, let's forget about this season. You know, let's talk about happier moments, Patrick. What about uh, your favorite Celtics moment from, from history? Favorite, favorite Celtics moment favorite in Celtics history. Moment. Um, it had to be Since you've been watching, Isaiah, I guess. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas game after his sister died. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just, how, just how memorable that was for yep. – for not only Isaiah Thomas, but I thought how awesome and collective as a team that they were surrounding him in that moment. I know the Celtics uh, organization and Danny Ainge specifically gets a lot of heat for, you know, how they handled the IT situation. But when he was there, man, I don't know if uh, if any any player had such a, a strong impact in yeah. a short amount of time with a franchise Boston than Isaiah it. Thomas. Yeah. And Boston, like Boston fans love I mean, on Twitter yeah. throughout the – we should have signed him. Why do we got Javari? Martin? Like, man, I, as much as like I understand your love for him, but the IT that we had is not the IT that he is today. Yeah. At the end oh of the no, day. yeah. No. Yeah. So I it, feel bad for that guy because you know I watched him. It was the pro am. He, he dropped all those points and uh, and was crying in the hallway. And oh man, that's that just breaks my heart, man. But yeah, he's just uh, you know I hope he does catch on somewhere at some point for a ten day or something. But um, yeah, he's just not quite the same player as he was before. Yeah. That was a uh, that was memorable though for sure. Uh, let me ask you about this Celtics moment. Do you remember Game Six of the uh, what year was that? <laughs> crap of the Bulls? Oh, are you gonna, you're gonna tell about our favorite Celtics? Yeah, our moment. favorite. Our favorite you, we were talking about talking favorite? about Rajon Rondo, Derrick Rose matchup with. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about our yeah. fa- our favorite Joe Keith. Oh yeah, yeah. Ta- yeah I mean, it was that it was that year that matchup. But yeah, the 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 moment we remember is Joakim Noah. It was Joakim Joke- Noah at night last night uh, at the at this Knicks Bulls game and. Oh, uh, yeah. So we were remembering a little bit of Joakim Noah on yesterday's show, and uh, we were talking about that game six steal on Paul Pierce, and then the, the you know going the whole length of the floor and dunking it. Uh, they end up losing that in seven games, obviously. But uh, man, that's do you have you have you watched that series at all? That is one of the classic. It's probably one of the best yeah. playoff series of all time. And yeah. I, I one of my favorite plays was uh, Rondo actually out hustling one of the Bulls players, and then ends up stretching out picks it up and does one of his crafty fakes back the other way, puts it up. It's as simple as that. But uh, you talked about Joe King Noah, man. And (laughs) the only thing that ever comes up with Joe King Noah ever is like Cleveland, who yeah. wants to go to Cleveland? Yeah. Like, honestly, for real. One of the, like, one of the best. You, yeah. you want to go vacation with your family to Cleveland? No, I didn't think so. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to go to Cleveland. One uh, of I, the I best. I love Joe Kino, man. Joe, Joe Kino is uh, a, a wonderful human man. Uh, he was great in Florida. I, I just yeah. love Joe Kino as a player, man. What a what a career he had. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I was getting a little teary-eyed because, you know, obviously I've got League Pass because I, I live in Kansas. So I have to watch them via League Pass. And they had a lot of the Jumbotron stuff on. They were doing all these you know, memorials and stuff. And, yeah, just uh, good times, man. Obviously, those Derrick Rose teams, you know, I get a little little tear eyed about Kirk them. Kirk Heinrich, yeah, yeah, Gordon, yeah, lots of lots of good players. Those, yeah, those teams were good, man. But uh, no, anyways, uh, yeah, scary good sometimes. You know what else is scary? It's almost Halloween, guys. Uh, you got any good costumes this year, either of you guys? I think going I'm going thing? as uh, the dad from the Adams, the, the dad from the Adams family. You going for okay? My wife and I are. We going don't go to, out like we're handing out candy, but I'm, okay. we're going to dress up to hand out candy. We're we're actually going to a Disney themed party, but we're not doing a Disney because screw you know screw all that. But uh, my my wife and I are going as peanut butter and jelly simply because it was uh, one of the last uh, costumes that was available yesterday at the store. It was forty bucks and it's two costumes, so I was like, you know what, this is what we're rocking, baby. 
and uh, and my, my my kids going as baby sharks. So uh, he's only about two. He's he's gonna be two next month. So, uh, but guys, hey, out there, Halloween. If you're out there trying to get your your thing on there, seal the deal with Manscaped's Liquid Formations. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. I can't believe I looped my family into a, an ad read like that. That's just, that's awful. Ah, uh, yeah, that was, that was wild, know. man. That was, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, might be, that might be up there with Keith Pompey. Do you, do you see his segue uh, with the 9-11 show that he did? And then uh, so, yeah. oh, look, oh, look that oh, up man. if you haven't seen it, guys. It's it's pretty bad. But anyways. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's, can, can, uh, I, can I do a speaking of 9-11 joke? Did you guys see Joakim Noah's comments about how when Derrick uh, Rose tore his knee, uh, it was his personal yeah. 9-11? I <laughs> love Joakim Noah so much. People took that. Did you see Keith's face? He was like, oh, God, Trey, don't screw this I up. Like, and I said, let's make a joke. Let me, let me no. just defend Joakim real quick. This is, a, this is a family show, buddy. No, no, it's a uh, – no, it, people took that and ran with it, okay? He didn't. I mean, what he was saying was that he had like that feeling in the pit of his stomach that like made him just get sick. And like people were like, oh, I mean, it's all good fun. It's all good. I didn't actually call anybody out, but it's all good, man. But, hey, no, let's let's talk about some uh, some some current NBA guys. We had a big unfortunate uh, news here, Mr. Trey, about our Patrick Williams. Uh, He's out for the season, most likely. Uh, They said he might actually return for the playoffs, but he's got. I'll have to look up the the uh, Woj tweet, but he's got, he he hurt his wrist. It's a, a pretty serious injury, actually. Uh, could end up being a long term thing, actually, that that affects him for the rest of his life. But uh, not not good news, sad news. Well, tell me your feelings on that, man. I, I've already spun it into the positive. Yeah. So, well, you're a Debbie Downer about it. It's four <laughs> to six months. Um, four months is a little bit after the All Star break. Six months uh, would be late April. The playoffs start mid-April, so if we can get past, if the Bulls can get past the first round, he, he would probably be available, hopefully, to come back. He healed quickly from his ankle injury that everybody was worried was going to keep him out of the first few games. He was back before the season even started. I, and it's his left hand. Uh, like you said, it might affect him long-term, but most of the effect long-term is just kind of, uh, it would be like grip strength and mobility you know just being able the flexibility with it not being a shooting hand i'm not nearly as concerned and i'm just hoping for he's still young he'll be he'll be 21 years old when the season starts next year young i remember how much better i healed when i was 20 years old i (laughs) that's true right he 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 has a history of of healing quickly he's young still it's his it's his non-shooting hand. I, I hope he can come back and get some reps in towards the end of the year because he was those last five minutes he played before he went down were the most aggressive five minutes he's played in the in the regular season in as a bull. And I already know I already know your answer to this, but was that Mitchell Robinson play dirty? No, not dirty. No. No, not no, dirty no. <laughs> at all. It Bulls was, Bulls fans, Bulls Twitter, relax yourselves. It was not dirty. Go ahead. <laughs> It was kind of a, I mean, it was a cheap foul, but it wasn't a dirty. Like he didn't go up with the intent. Look, it's a high intensity game. The guy was trying to put it on him. I mean, Patrick Williams went up to to destroy his life and put it yeah. in his face. Ro- so Robinson, Robinson went up. To, he said no, to, and that, right, hey, to foul him right. and to yeah. right and to foul him to make sure he didn't sh- he didn't make the you know didn't make the shot. For me, I I don't like any time. 
a guy goes a guy is already in the air in the dunking motion and somebody else goes up and and hits him that's just the thing that i've always that's where i was like it's not a dirty play but it's not one that i like to see but it there was no ill intent there was no it was, intent. Yeah, there was, it no was intent a high it was, it was a high there was intent game. to foul there was intent oh, to yeah. foul yeah, it was, no it was a playoff atmosphere type game. It was yeah. a, a serious game between two teams that really wanted to show that they're back on the map. And, and yeah. it's just unfortunate, but he'll be back. And I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. That, I, you know, let's talk a little bit about that game. Patrick, did you happen to watch the, the Bulls-Knicks uh, game at all? No, but I am a, I'm a big fan of Patrick Williams. I was really high on him going into the draft um, and was excited when he went to the Bulls. Um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see where the Bulls go as a team defensively without him. I know they have Alex Caruso but, and Lonzo Ball, but like that's going to be a big hit to the defense that has been top five so far to start the season. I don't know if they remain in that top five without Patrick Williams. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they decide to replace him and where those minutes get distributed at. Um, but like he said, I mean, he's going to be fresh in 21 going yeah. into next season. Um, he's actually going to be younger than a lot of guys that are going to be drafted. So – uh, there's no worries as far as that goes. It's his offhand. I'm, you know, being somebody that dealt with a guy like Romeo Langford who had a wrist injury as well and had surgery on his shooting hand. I mean, Romeo's Romeo's bounced back really well. His shot looks more fluid. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too worried about Patrick Williams, especially because like I look at him in the same mold of, of Romeo Langford. He's just a lot better than Romeo Langford at an earlier age. Yeah. It's a, uh, it was a, I hope I'm saying it's like Paralunit dislocation. I, I don't think I'm saying that right at all. My mother's a nurse. She's going to probably scold me. Uh, but anyways, per, per, peril in it. This is a dislocation of his wrist. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Billy Donovan did say it's a pretty significant inj- injury. But, yeah, I think he has it right. I think he'll be you know, 21. He'll be fine. Um, he'll come back and play. Uh, you know, was looking forward to some big things from him this season. But, yeah, but like you said, you know, the Bulls, what are they going to do without him? I think that's where Trey and I come in here. Uh, you know, my first – impulse here and I, I think Trey will probably agree with me is that Javante Green's going to just step into the lineup um and Javante Green's a guy that uh, you're probably familiar with <laughs> obviously uh, that's Jason Tatum that's Jason Tatum's boy at the end of the yeah. day <laughs> yeah we're all like no not Javante Green Tatum's gonna leave what are we doing yeah yeah he's uh he's played really well for the Bulls man he's he, every time he's stepping on the floor he's brought something positive he just hustles his ass off um you know he's he's hitting he it jump out of the gym he oh yeah he's athletic as heck he he's hit shots i mean he, i was looking at his numbers earlier today actually he shot in over he shot over 50 percent in the first three seasons i think which obviously he didn't have a lot of minutes um but you know this season he's shooting 63 percent or something like that and he's getting the 15 minutes per game which is you know not a huge role but significant um you know this guy it, i I actually was advocating earlier for fantasy people to go out there and grab him because I think he's going to get into a 25-minute role. Um, if you actually look at Basketball Monsters player rankings, per 36 minutes, Javante Green's a ninth-round value. So um, I don't know if he might end up somewhere around there. Uh, I think you just grab him and see, you know, hope for the best and see what happens because I think he fits in really well with these guys in the starting lineup. And I think he does have that ability to guard one through four. I don't know if he can guard a lot of fives, but he can guard – um, you know, he's got the strength and the athleticism to guard almost anybody in the league. He was actually guarding Julius Randle uh, quite a bit after Patrick Williams went out. Uh, it was him and Lonzo Ball, which was kind of funny. He got a, a point guard and a, a small forward, I guess, shooting guard uh, in Javante Green guarding guarding Julius Randle, doing a really good job at it. Um, so I think Javante Green does step in there. And I think, Alex, obviously, Alex Caruso is going to play a whole heck of a lot. Uh, and he's had a great season so far. Uh, Trey, who do you think is going to step in for Mr. Patrick Williams? 
I mean, you're right. It's Javante Green. He's definitely at least going to get the first looks. Derek Jones Jr. hasn't played a lot yet. Um, yeah. Green Green plays pretty big for his size. I'm not sure how much bigger uh, Jones Jr. is, but I'm I'm kind of wondering if maybe they they bring in him for the bigger lineups. My my biggest work my what I'm curious about is they were starting to use Patrick Williams as like a backup five. Mm-hmm. And I thought That's that true. was I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And so I'm really disappointed we're not gonna get to see that. And I'm not I don't know that Johnson's the answer as the backup five. And I think that Billy Donovan knew that also, and that's mm-hmm. why he was kind of seeing if Patrick Williams would work. So Bradley, I think, is gonna be really interesting to see how he handles getting some minutes because he got some minutes there towards the end of the Knicks game. And I think he's going to be the guy that might end up playing more just out of necessity. Well, especially we have, uh, we have the uh, Utah jazz coming up on Saturday. Obviously we've got Rudy Gobert there and they've got Hassan Whiteside as the backup. So um, it's going to be probably going big. Uh, I would expect Lise Johnson to play a little bit more and I expect, you know, Tony Bradley to play a little bit more. But I think if Javante Green, especially when we're able to go small, will probably get him a, a lion's share of those minutes. Uh, Lonzo Ball is 6'6", and Javante Green is 6'5", just so you guys know. But uh, the, it's funny because Lonzo Ball is 6'6", but he can guard people you know, up to 6'10". I mean, it's not not out of the realm of possibility. So I think Lonzo Ball gives you a lot of flexibility to play those three, four-guard lineups, which is what I really – I love that signing. As soon as, as soon as free agency started, and of course, you know, the Bulls might end up losing a pick because of that. But um, as soon as that domino fell, I was like, yes, we're going to be actually pretty decent this season. Because he just – people just sell Lonzo Ball short. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. He's one of the player. best signings. I was, I was so frustrated with the Celtics cap situation because I was preaching there's any way to get Lonzo Ball to yeah. Boston in the offseason. Putting Lonzo Ball around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I don't think you're having the ish, some of the issues that we've had so far. And that third score is clearly Lonzo Ball. Yeah, you got Levine and Demar. Team would be dangerous. Just, yeah, yeah. Wow. and he just fits so well next to a couple of guys that can really just score the basketball. He would have been great in the Celtics too, but uh, obviously uh, I'm glad that the Bulls got him. But uh, hey, no, man, it's afford him. Yeah, was in a bad cap situation. You know, you guys took advantage and and really, yeah. it was you guys were the Knicks. I felt like so. Yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, I think it'll be okay. I think the Bulls actually, as far as the win-loss column, I actually don't think this actually harms the Bulls a whole lot, having Patrick Williams out. Um, I think he was still developing. It does suck that we lose a whole year of development for the guys, so that's probably the biggest loss to me. But uh, I think it'll still be okay, Bulls fans. But uh, no, let's talk about Pascal Siakam. Coming back here, I actually had a couple statuses here from Raptors 905. Uh, it's a Raptors G League team. He was assigned, and then he was recalled from the Raptors 905 within like a few hours today. Six um, hours, I believe. Six hours. So I think so. He's on his way back. What does this do? What do you What do you guys think this does for the Raptors rotation? You know, is OG going to lose touches? Is um, uh, Precious Achiwa going to lose touches in minutes? Uh, where Where does he slot in, and how does this affect this Raptors team? Trey, go ahead. You haven't talked in a minute. I I think he slides in at center. I think they played him a lot at center. center. Last, yeah, and so I think okay. Precious is going to lose some minutes from this. And uh, is Boucher even still playing? I don't know if he's getting minutes at the moment he or not. Getting, I've got him on one of my fantasy teams. He is send getting send Boucher the Bulls, man. Send Boucher. Hey, the yeah, Bulls. I would love to have Boucher in the Bulls. Hey, let, hey, uh, Dude, Raptors. Co- here's Kobe White. Here's Kobe White. Yeah. Uh, I think he's oh, Kobe White. Yeah, sure. What, Why not? Let's go. What about Marvin Bagley? But no, I <laughs> I like. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like Siakam to come in and to, especially at the center position, be able to help take advantage. I don't, 
I think I don't necessarily I don't even know who's going to I think Scotty Barnes might be the the odd man out in terms of losing some of his usage just because he's the young guy. But he's been so it's so good. He's just how do you say not, not even so good but so assertive. Yeah. So Van Vliet's usage rate is 26, OG's is 24. So I would say probably Van Vliet and OG would be the guys who who take the hit the most when he comes back, but I think he's so talented that even if they don't get as many opportunities, they're going to get better looks. So I don't necessarily think the production's going to suffer a lot. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, I just wonder how they're going to fit. Let's see. They've got Precious Ochiwa there. They've got um, Kim Birch. They've got Chris Boucher. They've got Scotty Barnes, like you said. Uh, and then some other names that really OG obviously is getting a lot of usage. That's probably going to get lost. Delano Banton actually played a little bit tonight. I was actually listening to the game. He's not going to be in the rotation anymore, most likely. Um, Savi Mahilak, uh, I'm not sure how to say the last name, but uh, you know, I don't know how much much run he gets. But uh, I mean, if the Raptors are really trying to win this season, you know, I, I think uh, you obviously have to play Pascal 35 plus minutes or, or 30 plus at least 32 plus. Um, and I, I think it's. I don't know if it's going to, I think OG is still fine. I mean, he was, you know, getting plenty of touches and, and doing just fine before. Um, and now we don't have Kyle Lowry there. Just, it's probably a lead at the, at the point guard, which, um, you know, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily better or worse for, for someone's value on the court. But, but anyways, I, I think that uh, some of these guys, one, at least one of these guys is going to pretty much be sent to the bench, I would think. Right. So uh, what do you think there, uh, Mr. Patrick? Yeah, man, uh, I'm scared to be honest. As a Celtics fan, I, like we, we got <laughs> we got our butt kicked by the Rockets or the the Raptors without Pascal. And a thing that was the reason for that was because everybody seemed like they were six nine, and they're just yeah, adding another another yeah. lengthy wing guy, Pascal, who's no slouch, you know. And yep. so it's a team that I personally, as a Celtics fan, don't want to see. Like I don't want to see the Raptors. <laughs> I think this is going to help him out a lot. I think it's also going to help with uh, Fred Van Vliet and OG as far as, like, I know they've had a couple games with efficiency issues. I think Pascal ends up taking some pressure off a lot of guys. I feel like they've been trying to do a lot too much, you know, trying to make up for yeah. no Lowry, trying to make up for no Pascal. Especially Van Vliet. He's I, had a rough start to the season. But go ahead. Yeah. Start. But, I mean, he had, he had one game, I think, that it was – Yeah, really he good, But I just game. think – I think this is where Pascal comes in. I think they're going to limit him. He's going to be on some minute restrictions for the first like week and a half, two weeks, and then eventually he's going to fit right in. And I, I don't think, uh, I think Chris Boucher is just, I don't think he gets out of the doghouse, man. I just think uh, Nick Nurse hates him. I don't know what yeah. it is. It, it, it's mind-boggling. I, I like. When, I think it's when he's bad. Court, he does good things. Yeah, he does. No, he does. He, he, he's, he's good. I think he can fit. He, I, I love him. He, he gets yeah. out of, he gets out of place a lot on defense. He, he get, he puts up really good block numbers because he's. So so long and it's, he can it's recover. recovery blocks because he always right. has some, yeah. <laughs> um, if 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 anyone wants to understand the value of length in the nba a minute ago keith said that the raptors are just so big they don't have a player on their roster that's taller than six nine i'm pretty sure but that their length just it it compensates so much for the lack of height and they're they're so quick and they switch everything and it's just like they just swallow people up I thought you were on the over for their win total, Trey, but I don't see it on your sheet. But I know I am on their win total at least at uh, over thirty-five point five. I don't think I put a bet on it. You said I, you liked it, but yeah, I like yeah, I liked it, but I had already put a few out there. But yeah, I was I was high on the Raptors. I had them finishing tenth, and it was because of of all that length. I thought they were just gonna and rebounding. Um, 
He mentioned that they ki- they killed the Celtics, rebounding. They're great gang rebounders. They killed the Bulls, rebounding, too. I think they out-rebounded the Bulls by a 20. They just do such a good job of playing uh, controlled chaos. Yeah, we both got them at 10th. I've got them at thir- uh, 39 wins, and you've got them at 38 wins. So I-, I think we're pretty good there, honestly. They've looked pretty decent even without those guys there. Um, I know they've lost some games. I don't think they're sitting on a great record right now, but um, Pascal's going to just be huge for them. So. Um, big things coming for Toronto. If you're a Toronto fan, be happy. Uh, another another bit of news here. Doug McDermott went down with an injury. Uh, how do we feel about Lonnie Walker and Devin Vassell? They're pretty uh, pretty decent players, huh? Uh, especially Devin Vassell. What do you think, uh, Mr. Trey? Have you watched, seen some of his lines, been watching him play a little bit? Uh, Vassell's just – I had him super high on my draft board. He was the guy – he was the only other player I would I would have wanted the Bulls to take other than Patrick Williams when he got drafted at four. And I think he slipped all the way down to 12th. Uh, he's looked he's looked fantastic. There was one clip I saw. Somebody posted the highlight to Twitter. He went behind his back for a three-point shot like around a screen, and it just looked like watching Chris Middleton play. He's <laughs> – He's a he's a great glue guy. I think he's going to be like how how we were just praising Lonzo Ball and his ability to kind of be that connective tissue uh, to uh, elevate everyone around him. Mm-hmm. I th- I think it's I think he's just going to do great things. And, and his shot, everybody was worried about it. I don't know if you remember before the draft, he uh, that video came out where he like had the ball almost like a catapult yeah, behind right. his head. And the boozer he, shot. That's how Blues used to shoot. Derek Fisher, Derek Fisher, man. Derek Fisher shot a little bit, yeah. And he's he's been excellent uh, with his shot. He he makes the right decision all of the time. He's always in the right place on defense. I haven't watched as much Lonnie Walker because I just I wasn't as high on him. Like I said, I've been real high on himself for a while. And but I I was a little low on the Spurs, and they haven't been winning as many games, but they've. They've been in everything, and it's yeah. just a testament to what they do down in San Antonio. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, you can't, you just can't sell those guys short, especially. I mean, Pop's still there. Um, we think, we think maybe Becky Hammond's going to take over within the next couple of seasons. I don't know. We might need to put a bet down on that there. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's imminent. I think Pop's, you know, just, just kind of getting up there. I did see a quote that he was uh, reinvigorated by having all this young core, and, and you know, they, they didn't have Demar Derozan and all that. So it's kind of a new challenge for him, and I, I get that. Uh, I used to coach basketball for for youth basketball, obviously for for several years. Um, but I get that. It's like you kind of get d- bored with the same team doing the same thing over and over again, and all of a sudden you get this new group. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he goes another four or five years. What do you think? Ah, uh, man. <laughs> Popovich well, going there four or five years. I I thought he was going to retire by now, but I think didn't his wife just pass passing, away? The unfortunate yeah. passing of his wife. I think that's what steered him in the direction of staying because like i mean at that point you know at his age mm. you know you you were thinking me i'm gonna retire spend the last few years of my life and with my wife and everything and enjoy it but i think his wife passing pushed him back in the basketball a lot longer than than anybody anticipated especially if he's finding that joy like you just said like after you suffer a loss like that if anything you can find that that brings you joy is something you want to hold on to and you always hear the stories from ex-Spurs players about when, when you go into San Antonio, the Spurs are going out to dinner and you're invited along. Like the Spurs culture is such a family, such a community that even when Pop retires, I I I would be shocked if he doesn't pop up. If not, probably not at practices a whole lot. Maybe you know, like the Tim Duncan every once in a while. 
But I think you're going to hear stories about him being in San Antonio or other places and the Spurs players just getting together on a regular basis. I think it's just it's in his blood. He he is the nice version of Tom Thibodeau. So I'm trying to do a little bit of math here while you're talking here. Uh, Hubie Brown did coach, I believe, at the age of 76. Uh, Greg Popovich is 72. So, uh, hmm. Four Which one's going to be the over under yeah. four years, guys? What do you think? Over under four years. Uh, uh, man. Oh, I'm uh, taking the under. I'm taking, taking the, the under. under. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I got to go with you guys on that one. So. I, It'd be close. I, if it was three, I might take I might take the push. Like if it was two if, and a half, I might take the over. If Becky wasn't waiting so long, right? If Becky hasn't <laughs> been waiting so long yeah. to take over, I think Pop is going to feel like, man, I need to hand this over to Becky. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? We're running up against clock, guys, but I do want to hit one more thing before we uh, stop talking about the news. I want to talk about these rule changes, man. Uh, it's affected some people, man. Harden, Trey, uh, a little bit of stuff, I think. You know, the, these guys are going up thinking they're going to uh, – and Steph's still great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It didn't really affect him as far as numbers go, but uh, he does have some plays where he's going up looking for contact, and he's just not getting it because um, they're just not calling that anymore. Uh, but the biggest thing, obviously, is Trey. Trey had a, a quote today where he said something along the lines of, uh, this is not basketball. Uh, he doesn't think the refs are calling the correct game. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, I think he's probably a little frustrated with how his team's playing and is a little bit blown off steam. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's probably maybe the one, if, if not hard, it's him that has struggled the most with this rule change. I love it. What do you guys feel? Trey, Trey how do you feel about the rule changes? How do you feel about how they've uh, they've implemented this? Oh, I love it. Uh, they have they have probably went slightly too far in the other direction. I've seen, hmm. you know, some close up plays where they're just they're swallowing the whistle for sure. And I think it'll bounce back a little bit. Uh, I don't like the Euro foul that I keep seeing uh, where if a guy beats you off the dribble and there's other people past you, you just kind of keep going. But uh, oh, crap. Where did the stat go? So you mentioned uh, Patrick mentioned earlier that Tatum doesn't get the respect from the refs. So last year he was getting fat on 8% of his shots and that was only average that he was 52nd, I think in terms of like a percentile. Uh-huh. He's getting, he's getting fouled less 6.7% now, but in terms of the percentile, it's all the way up at 66 they're they're just not calling shooting fouls uh, overall. It's it's something that's going on, and I I think I think the game's been more fluid because of it. I've really liked the product so far this year, and I have no complaints. Yeah, man. I, and I'm I'm just gonna piggyback off that in the Patrick Clutch talk, but yeah, I I love uh, I love the game now. I I man, I it was kind of a just a drag to watch these games and watch these guys shoot, you know. 40 to 50 free throws in a game. It's just not something that's exciting or, or fun to watch. And the other thing is the defense, man. You can play defense now. Oh, my God, this is like a freaking godsend for me. Because uh, the thing about defense is it's not that people play defense, bad defense before. I know people are going to get up, you know, really worked up about this. I'm not saying people don't play defense now. They do. But when you are playing defense and you get a foul called on you for something that's just uh, totally egregious, the guy jumps into you, how are you supposed to defend that? You can't – people are just – you, you want to play back and you you start second-guessing yourself. You can't play defense. It was incredibly hard to play defense. Now you're going to see people that are, you know, like the Pat, Pat, Patrick Beverly's of the, of the world um, be out there being able to be in people's grills as much as they want to. Uh, and I love it. I think it's great for the game. Patrick, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, on Trey Young's quote as well, I think he mentioned about how, like, Damian Lillard's averaging, like, 18, 17 points a game, Devin Booker as well. 
and how guys like that, like he's like, those aren't 17, 18 point per game guys. Those guys are a lot better than that. I think the, that the, the change is good. I do think that the reps have kind of like overdone in a sense, but I don't think it's based basically on purpose. I think that the refs are also adjusting because they have to, they're like, we're trying not to call this and they're trying to be like really you know strict on it. So I think even when it is a foul, sometimes they're not calling it right now. I think that's going to clean up as the season progresses. The refs will be better at, at being able to call ones that are legit fouls and ones that aren't. And I think yeah. that uh, the players will be adjusted by all star. We're just in an adjustment period as far as oh, yeah. the refs and the player standpoint. So I think the I think as we get more into the season, there'll be some more normalcy to it. I don't think we're ever going to go back to as many free throws as we used to. But I, I do think that there's going to be a balance between the two. But I love it. I think it's good for the game of basketball. I think it allows defenders to play better defense. I think it makes offensive players have to be more creative and and truly work for their shots a lot better instead of just trying to be bailed out on times. And uh, I, I think it's good for the game of basketball. And Trey, Trey and Harden are going to be fine. I mean, Harden had that mid-range, you know, that game, and he just kind of went away for it because it, it was just it was just so easy to get to the foul line. Um, they're going to be fine. It's an adjustment period, like you said. Um, I've been pretty down on the – I'm usually I'm, – I'm like you, Patrick. I usually say nothing about the refs. The refs are – the refs, especially when I coached, I told my players, you know, the refs are going to do what they're going to do. You need to do what you're going to do. Focus on the game. If there's an issue with the refs, I'll talk to them. I, I lo- literally would talk to them maybe once a season. It's not something I'm, I'm concerned with because at the end of the day, it's just wasting your breath. But uh, at the same time, I've, I've been t- home watching and I've been pretty disappointed with some of the refing here because it's just inconsistent. Um, and I'll, I'll point out that Knicks Bulls game from last night, um, you know, they weren't calling and, and Lonzo was following Randall sometimes in the post. Or, you know, he was turning around and Lonzo was swiping his arms and it was a foul and they just weren't calling it. And then all of a sudden they're calling everything the last two minutes. It was just it's just inconsistent. It's been inconsistent so far. But like you said, I think they will they will adjust here. Harden, uh, but, Harden did shoot 19 free throws tonight, so oh, okay, good. May, maybe he has unlocked the uh, – <laughs> maybe he's cracked the code. I Joe, Embiid, Joe Embiid doesn't stop hitting you know, getting free throws because he's just so damn big, man. Can't <laughs> Joe Embiid. Yeah, you can't stop Joel. That guy draws fouls like crazy. I've actually used that a lot in my prop calls because I, uh, I target the backup centers or, or I target the unders for the starting centers because they're just going to sit because of foul trouble. Um, but, hey, speaking of our locks, let's go to our – 1027 games, BSVP locks. We're going to talk about tomorrow's games for Saturday, the 27th. Uh, I know you guys had a chance to look at some of your lines. Um, Patrick, I'll let you start, man. What do you What do you see out there that you liked? What do you What do you want to put a put a little wager tomorrow's on? Tomorrow's games is tomorrow. Tomorrow's game is the 27th or is it the 30th? 30th. Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, this, uh, I, I wrote this. Fair. I wrote this like, early, I think, or something. The 30th. My bad. I'm totally you're, wrong. You're good. Um, <laughs> Pick copies and paste. I, I did copy. My copy paste has gotten me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair for me to to go after a, a Celtics uh Celtics game right off the jump here. Uh, Wizards are favored by two and a half points. Um, they've played two games. Uh, you know, against recently they had the back to back. They just played uh, the Hawks. I think that they're riding a little high right now. I think uh, the Celtics have a lot to prove going on the road. We've been a lot better on the road as well. I like the Celtics bouncing back in this game. I think they respond well to Ime's message. So I just like the fact of getting like, if you want to take the two and a half points for the Celtics, take it. But I think money line reasons you can, you can probably ride the Celtics. I'm expecting Dennis Schroeder to start as well. And when he started, the team's undefeated. They're two and oh, when he doesn't start, they're own three. So um, I'm riding the Dennis Schroeder hype train, and I think there's going to be a lot of buzz of trade Marcus Smart after the Celtics win against the Wizards in Washington. All right, cool. You want to? Do you want the money line or do you want the plus two point five? Which one do you want? I'll do money line, man. 
Okay. Going cool. for it, man. Yeah. Going for it. I Full like it. Prediction show, right? That's, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anything else you like? Oh, I got I got plenty of them. If, I got four of them down. So I don't know if you guys four. want to round about. Yeah, I got four of them. Give, yeah, give, I wrote four go ahead. Down, give me man. give me give me three more. Go for it. All right. Um, I got the see. The Knicks are five and a half favorites as well. Um, I believe with no Zion, you know the Pelicans. I think that's going to be an easy easy Knicks cover. I'm taking the Knicks minus uh, five and a half. I just think it's Julius Randle is a bully man. I, I've watched him play this year. His whole last season of. Hey, is that just one breakout year? Blah blah. No, he's the real deal. He's he's came into his own in, in New York, and I think they they cover that easily. Uh, another line that I saw that was pretty shocking to me was um, the Jazz were negative four um, against against the Bulls. Um, I like the Jazz in that situation. I think that the Bulls um, are going to be mourning that that Patrick Williams news. I think they're going to be a little down for that game. I just think they're just going to be a little out of it. There might be a little bit of adjustment period as well with not having him available. And I think I think the big men for the Jazz are going to be a problem for the Bulls. And that's like, true. You know, Hassan, <laughs> Hassan Whiteside might look look like a good basketball player <laughs> for a minute yeah. in this game. Yeah, <laughs> which is going to be weird. Um, yeah. So I do have the Jazz minus four in that. Um, I will take the line on that one. Uh, I, I I'm going to go ahead. You know what? I'm going to use my BS because we haven't used one in a while here. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to take the opposite there. I'll take Bulls plus four. So you and me. You get Jazz minus four. I get Bulls plus four. That makes your odds a little bit better because instead of having to bet 1.1 to win one, now it's just one to one. So you good, man? You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm cool with that, man. Cool with that. All right. All right. I'm calling a BS my, on you. <laughs> good. And then my last one here is um, the Cavs are, are plus nine and a half points against the Suns, which I, I saw that line and I had to double check. I'm like, that can't be right. Nine and a half points you're giving to a Cavs team who has been really good on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I think I think that you know they they run the three seven footers in the lo- starting lineup. Uh, I've been high on Evan Mobley. I'm a big USC guy. Watched a lot of him growing up, so I have that homerness in me. But I'm taking Cavs plus nine and a half. I think that line's too big um, for for me to like pass up. I think that's almost like a home run in a sense. All right. Well, would you like to be a little bit more of a degenerate on that one? Because I also have a Cleveland plus nine and a half, but I have it parlayed. With the under 216, and yeah. I saw that was plus 256. Nice. Oh, so, yeah. I, do you want to jump in on the under also, or are you staying away from the over under? I'm I'm staying I'm I'm staying away from the over. Okay. All right. I'm I'm just gonna call you a coward. That's it. <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's fine, man. That's fine. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. You said what was it? What was the under there, Trey? It was under 216. Uh, yeah, under 216. Their their defense is just to what. 256. Their defense is just so good. Like he was saying with Mobley, yeah. uh, they yeah. they also mix in just enough zone that you can't, you know, do a cookie cutter offense to break what they do. So I, I really like the under. The Suns, like you guys said, Devin Booker's not getting the calls he's been getting. He's only averaging 18. So I, I like that parlay together. Yeah, I was actually I was watching. I wanted to take the under in that game. I'll, I'll give my plays obviously, but I wanted to take the under in, the, in that game. Uh, but I saw it keep it kept going down, which makes me a little bit nervous. Did you have another play there, Trey? I I have a uh, I have a Knicks Pistons to win parlay. I didn't I don't have any odds on that one yet. But like he said, with the Knicks, I think they're going to beat the Pelicans. The Pelicans play tonight. They're second night of a back-to-back. The Knicks are really good, and they're still riding that high. The Pistons play the Magic. The Magic played tonight. They're 1-5. The Pistons don't have a win yet, but I 
I like their team. They're five point favorites. So getting, you know, I'm getting the, I'm taking the the win. I'm not necessarily taking the minus five. And then my last play, I was going to BS him before you did. So I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and take, I'm going to take the Bulls plus. I, I thought oh, about like taking homer. the money line, but I'll take the homer. Bulls. You homer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I, I think my teams are going to blow up if the Bulls win, you know? <laughs> well, the, the Bulls are getting ready to go on this big, on this big road trip. They've been, everyone's been talking about how this is, these are the games that matter. Everybody, you know, the 4-0 start didn't matter because it was against not quality competition. And they might be down from the Patrick Williams news, or they might, you know, that might invigorate them even more to kind of get up for a game before they come crashing back yeah, down to reality. Yeah, good. I was gonna say, if I had another BS, I call it BS on you. Just take the other other side of it, oh, so I can't. Right. So you you guys lose, I can't win. Yeah, no, I'm just go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So I, and it is a bit of a homer pick, but no, I like I like the value of four and a half. I think the I think the Bulls' offense is good, and it's and it's a guard oriented. I think Zach could have a really good game. I don't I don't like the the defense necessarily from what the Jazz do, and Vucevic is pretty talented. I think he'll hold his own against Gobert. Help me out real quick though. Is it minus four or is it minus four and a half? Four and a Did half. It change. Did it I've got, change? I've yeah, got four and a half written well, down. Well, it's okay. I'm gonna okay. I'll give you. I'll give you That's four fine. and a half. I, I, I'd give you five. That's how confident. Wow. Okay. All right. Fine. My BS call has shifted now to four and a half. That's. I'm taking it, man. I'm gonna take every every chance I get because that's gonna you be. Wanna, you want to just you want to just crazy I'm, that? The, I'm the USC guy. I mentioned that I'm the USC guy. You guys got two. Yeah. Yeah. USC guys. Yeah. Plenty. Do you want to just double up on that one, Patrick? I'll take that yeah. bet too if you want. If there you want to throw it out there with yeah, we'll me start, too, we'll just throw you on the BS too. So that's fine. We'll, that's we'll fine, both man. be. On, we'll both be. We'll be homers against Patrick here on our BS calls. So uh, it'll be one unit for to win, one unit for us uh, here. But yeah, you guys already called it. Um, I am on Knicks one, minus one point nine. Wow, Knicks minus five point five at minus one ten odds. I'm gonna bet one point one units to win one unit. Uh, Pelicans are on a back-to-back, and I'm just entirely fading the Pelicans right now. I did it tonight. Uh, I took Sacramento Kings minus two. They won by four. So, bing, 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 bing. Where's my coin thing? Come on, man. Someone pay for a sound machine for me. Come on. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, anyways, I won that one. Uh, Going to continue to fade the Pelicans until Zion Williamson's back. Um, they're just bad. <laughs> the, the Knicks are on the other hand. Are, are just, they have a fantastic coach. He game plans for everything. He just doesn't give up. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is just – he lives and breathes basketball. I saw a quote – I don't know if it was a true quote, but I saw a quote about him talking about uh, breaking up with his fiance. I think it was. Yeah, and I saw that could, too. He, I have, he couldn't have a woman if he was married to the game of basketball. Like this guy's just – he's insane. Um, I, so liked anyway. the, I liked the quote he had about how he's not happy. Yeah. And then the, last night for Joakim Noah night, there's this picture of Noah and Thibs yeah. together. And Thibs has, I think it's literally the biggest smile I've ever <laughs> seen on that man's face. What I love was that they, they did a cutaway. Uh, it was, I don't know if this was on the broadcast or if it was on the Jumbotron. I'm not sure because I'm watching League Pass. But uh, they did a cutaway during the Joakim Noah um, like appreciation video. Uh, and they did it to Derek Rose, who kind of waved and acknowledged. And they did it to Taj Gibson, waved and acknowledged. And then Tom Thibodeau's there, and he's just like looking at, you know, looking at the game, like int- like it's just intensely focused on the game. Like this guy's, he's just nuts. Uh, but no, the Knicks have fresh legs. Uh, Pelicans are on back to back. Pelicans are coming off a, ba- a you know, bad loss to the Kings. I mean, the Kings are okay, but they're not a great team. Um, but anyways, uh, my other bet here is actually the Celtics and, and Wizards. I'm not betting it. I wanted to bet Celtics plus 2.5. I wanted to do that because Patrick was on the show and because I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. 
But I am going to bet the under on the total points, which is at 225 right now. Uh, I'm betting that at minus 110 odds. So that's 1.1 unit to win one unit. Um, the Celtics, they're going to be without Marcus Smart in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be slow the pace for them a little bit because they're actually 10th in pace on this season. But last season, they were 20th. So I think having Marcus Smart at the point guard, I'm hoping that's what that means is that it's it's speeding them up a little bit. So him being on the sidelines is going to slow them up, down a bit. Um, and people are just smashing the unders this season. This season has been for the unders. It's because of the rule change. Um, pace is up across the board, but scoring is down. Uh, and like you said, Tatum's having a hard time getting to the foul line. So I think it's going to be a struggle bus for, for either team to get to a 225 mark. Um, so I love the under here. Uh, seemed like the best line available for the under for the total points. And, and I want to jump on that train while it's still happening. Eventually Vegas is going to overcorrect and we're going to start betting the overs. I actually did that tonight with the, um, uh, what was it? Raptors the last, and magic game. Go ahead. The last, uh, Celtic, uh, Washington game did end up finishing at 123, I believe it was. And, mm-hmm. um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, Chase Tatum came into his own eventually in that game, but still didn't have a great night. Jalen Brown was really bad and Bradley Beal had an off night just to take that in consideration. So, um, I, I do think that there's a possibility that that mountain, that game might hit over. And the, yeah, I don't know who's going to emphasize pace. They've been side pace. And yeah. since you called me a coward earlier for <laughs> taking one of the bets, I'm calling you a coward for not taking that plus two on uh, the Celtics. So, Okay. Uh, you're a coward all right. Out. All right. That's fine. That's fine. You you want to take Celtics plus two and I'll take, uh, what was it? Minus, what was it? Minus two. I think it's two and a half. Minus two and a half. Yeah. So we'll do that. That's I'll, I'll call the BS for you, Patrick. Um, you got the Celtics plus 2.5. I'll take the Wizards minus 2.5. That's fine, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I love that me being the instigator over here, like I called him a coward and then <laughs> that got him so fired up that he came after you. <laughs> and that's going to do it for us. Go guys. I hope you had fun. This is our weekend show. Uh, thanks to Patrick, man, for coming on the show, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for talking Celtics with us. Hope you can come on again, man. I hope you had fun, man. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Uh, make sure everybody go and check us out at two ball Celtics, man. Um, we, we do, I'd be tweeting live tweeting during games and everything like that. We do post game shows um, right after the games. I do them actually live on an app called uh, Spotify green room a lot of the time. So let people come up, ask questions and stuff as well. So yeah, man, check us out. Thank you guys Definitely. for having me though, man. It was awesome. No, definitely, man. Definitely. And uh, yeah, at Hoopball Celtics, I, I don't know if there's a reason for me to come on your show, uh, but if there's a Bull Celtics game, man, give me out. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll go, I'll go buck wild. No worries. But uh, I'll, I'll invite you on some post game, man. I'll let you, I'll let you <laughs> on and do your ranting and stuff like that. It's all good. Uh, before I go, though, I have an important announcement, guys. We have just two reviews on Apple iTunes. Just two. It's And you know who it is. It's my grandma and my mother. Come on, man. Guys. Whatever you want to say about me and Trey, just go out there. Leave us five stars. Say whatever the frick you want. I don't care. Uh, but just go out there and leave us a review. We need it. Uh, you know, we, we need it so we can quit our day jobs and do this bullshit for a living. Uh, that's a dream, right? But uh, it's not going to happen. But Manscaped, uh, I want to thank Hoopball for, for hosting our show and helping us out, get off the ground. Uh, thanks to Manscaped and MyBookie for sponsoring us. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me at, at BSBPKeith on Twitter. That's at, at BSBPKeith. Trey, where can the good people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Final Finally. And Patrick, where can the Celtics betters find you, man? Oh, yeah, you can find me uh, at Ball and Opinions. That's B A L L I N O P I N I O N S. So just go ahead and find me on Twitter. Yep. And don't forget to follow the show's Twitter, guys, at, at BSPP underscore NBA. And let's cash again, baby. Ding, 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 ding. It's supposed to be coiners here.